Hey guys, this is Dino Jalusic and you're watching CMS TV. It is your Classic Metal Show right here on the ClassicMetalShow.com, broadcasting outside of a, a, sit, a shithole known as Chicago. Um, that was, uh, we started things off with a band called, what, Chris? Shadow, was Shadow's Bane? Shadow Bane. Shadow Bane. Shadow Bane with uh, Beyond the Winds of War, and uh, we wrapped things up there with Steel Razor with The Chains of Hate. And unleashing the chains of hate, broadcasting live from his undisclosed bunker outside of the shithole known as Cleveland. Yes. Uh, my good friend and the hateful one, Chris Aiken. What's going on, Chris? Just here to talk shitholes tonight, man. Yeah. <laughs> Is that racist? Yes. Really? You know, shithole, nigger, same word. Oh, is is that what that means? Apparently. Oh, I thought it was. I just thought it was a poor, undeveloped area or or a place that is in poor repair or disrepair. It means skin of a brownish tone. Oh, I didn't realize that shithole was racist. Yes, you know because most people's shithole is a brownish color. Oh, I see. I, I didn't realize that there was a uh, color attached to it. I thought it was, uh, like I said, uh, in in. Uh, disarray or you know in, in poor repair or in just a bad uh condition well i'm just judging by all the tweets i've seen by all the hollywood jizz bags and maxine waters and you know all the dems saying about how the president is beyond racist for saying the word shithole about haiti really yeah so i i just assumed that that meant the height of racism against black and um, Latino people, I guess. Well, I uh, I know for a fact, or I shouldn't say I know for a fact, I, I have surmised from my personal experience that uh, I would never want to visit the country of India because just from what I learned about it, that place is a shithole. No, stop it. It's not... That's your. That's you just being a Trumpian. <laughs> You're on the Trump train, pal. All right. That's why you said that word about a foreign country because you're on the Trump train. Right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, tonight we are not here to talk about shitholes, but uh, I will be. Uh, I will be weaving that into the conversation at some point this evening. Okay. Sounds good. Because uh, you know, shithole is racist. Yeah, it is, and we do cover racism here. Yeah, we do, absolutely. Well, it is another week here on the Classic Metal Show. Uh, we had uh, we had some pretty good weather here for the most part of the week, and now we're getting back into the getting back into the single digits again. But uh, I am uh, venturing out tomorrow. Oh yeah, I am going to a uh, hockey game. I'm going to go see the uh, Chicago uh, Hawks, the Blackhawks. Black mm Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be fun. Dude, so that means we're going to, what, quit the show tonight about 11 o'clock your time so you can get a good rest? I don't need a good rest, dude. I <laughs> I don't need to leave the house until about a quarter after nine, so I'll be good. Okay, that'll a quarter after nine. It's about yeah. when you go to bed, isn't it? Yeah, quarter after nine in the morning. No, it's 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 a day game. It was supposed to be a 6 p.m. start. 
Right. But they decided to make it a national game. So they are playing the uh, uh, a team outside that uh, comes from the city, the shithole known as Detroit, uh, the well, Detroit Red Wings. That place is a shithole. What do you think is the, is worse, Detroit or Haiti? Hmm. I'm going to go with Haiti. By a lot or by a little? Uh, I'm going to say that it's a pretty close second. Okay. What about... Okay, let's add to this. So now we've got Detroit and Haiti and Gary, Indiana. Oh, Gary. Uh, I think I would take a chance at visiting Haiti before I go to Gary. <laughs> okay. Let's um, let's add in there um, Compton, California. Well, you know, Compton has is, is kind of been regenerated since the oh, 90s. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, you know, they, they've been, it's been, here's another racist term. It's been gentrified. Oh, really? Yeah. A little, little at a time. Okay. So it's not so quite the shithole it used to be. So what's another good shithole? Chicago? Uh, south well, side? Well, I did. I did mention Chicago, but yes, the south side of Chicago is a shithole. But you're a brave soul. You venture that every day. I do. I do. I'm in a gated area, though. But uh, I do have to get. Uh, I do have to get to it, though. That's that's the issue. Yeah, yeah that fence will do well against bullets. <laughs> you're exactly right. Yeah, your neighborhood is scary as fuck. I know the one time I went there, and, and you just kept going into deeper and deeper hell. I was like, and I'm following you. I'm like, where the fuck am I going? And yeah, am I, I going through this? Yeah, it was a shithole. I really thought maybe you were like in some secret plot to have me murdered and you were just leading me to some fucking terrible place to be murdered. Yeah, because I have good relations with the shithole people that surround that area. Apparently so. Well, in your business, the, the people in that in that neighborhood probably buy those things to fucking smuggle bodies out. <laughs> Sex trade. Exactly. We'll take three of those containers and... How many bodies? I could just see you in a meeting now. Instead of asking how many pounds can fit in one of these things, they're like, oh, how many bodies about six foot tall could fit in here? Yeah, it's it's kind of like the slave ships. You know, how many how can we how many can we stack in there? Yeah. Just out of curiosity, how many items, maybe six foot tall, 160 pounds can fit in here? And what kind of ventilation does this have? Right. No reason. <laughs> How many lashing rings does it have? I, I mean, I mean, yeah. How many lashing rings does it have on the interior? Yeah. <laughs> can you fit? Can you fit the floor of this thing with about eighty chain hooks? Right. <laughs> exactly. Jesus. Uh, Baltimore is a shithole. Baltimore. Now that's a, where would you go there? Baltimore or Detroit? Ah, uh, boy. I'm going to take Baltimore. That's where you would go. I, I if I had to go between the two, I would say Baltimore. Okay. And now you and I have driven through Baltimore together. Yeah, we raced right through as quick <laughs> as we could. We we did though. <laughs> All right. Here here's your here let's let's play this out. Baltimore or Detroit. In Detroit, you can you can have a bicycle, but in Baltimore you can have a gun, but no vehicle. At two in the morning, which are you two going in to? the morning? Wow. Two in the morning. You can either have a bicycle in Detroit or a gun in Baltimore. Uh, I'm going to. Well, uh, a bicycle isn't much uh, protection, so I think I'm going to have to go with Baltimore and a gun. OK, a gun with one bullet or a bicycle. <sighs> wow. 
We'll, well I said we, I would still have the gun, so even if I only had one bullet, at least it could be a deterrent. Yeah, the other people might be afraid that you'll blow blow them up too. Yeah, they they don't know how many bullets are in that gun, so it might act as a deterrent. So you'd shoot the one guy, then you'd start going, "Who's next? Who's next, motherfucker? Who's next?" You know. Yeah, pretty much. Away. Yeah, pretty much. All right. So okay, so well, Sean Sean uh, Denali, mm-hmm. Memphis is a shithole. Is it? Yes, it is. I have not West, been to West Memphis. Memphis is even worse. That's right across the river from Memphis and the Arkansas side. Well, they do have their own mafia in Memphis, don't they? That is oh, no. the, that was Elvis. I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think the Memphis mafia is no longer. Yeah, I do. Speaking of that, it's so weird that that comes up. I watched a special or a, a documentary rather on the last 24 hours of Elvis's life. Okay, and it was with interviews of all those guys in the Memphis mafia. Man, that guy was a bag of shit. Who, Elvis? Elvis. Oh, yeah. He was a piece of garbage. It's, it's probably good that he died. What a what a douche he was. Just, he, they kept saying that, that he was like, they would tell him that he could, that he didn't need the drugs. And he was like, oh, no, I need them. I need them. I can't, I can't sleep and I can't wake up and I can't nothing without them. Wow, that's, that was the whole Michael Jackson thing. I know, but same thing. But at some point, don't you just say no? I'm not giving it to you. Yeah. Well, you know what? the The guy is the guy with the money, and the money always prevails. Yeah, but by that time, they'd been with him 20 years. Yeah. Do they not have any money after I, 20 I, I years? I don't. You know what? I don't know the answer. Mm. I blame those guys. They should be in jail for killing him. Yeah. You know, it, it's hard to it's hard to say. I, I think you know my philosophy, and I think it's a lot like yours that. Uh, as an adult, mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot you can do to control another adult. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, he just, just everything they said about this guy was fucking like he was a disaster. And they were talking about he went on a vacation like to Hawaii or somewhere for like a month, like two months before he died. And like got totally clean and was eating right and lost a bunch of weight and whatever. And then within a month of going back, he killed himself because he went all the way straight back to hell with the food, with the drugs, with the booze, with everything. I was like, God damn, this guy did not fucking play. No, he was a, he had an addictive personality, I guess. He really didn't. Yeah. And, or he really did. And, and they were talking about that Colonel Parker guy. What a piece of shit that guy was too. Well, you know what the thing is? And I think we know this from just our experience in the entertainment business. Yeah. That any time anyone for the most part is bestowed with mega amounts of money especially when you come from a poor upbringing sure you you just don't know how to handle it because i mean elvis elvis obviously was not from a you know a a wealthy family at all all. and i mean look what happens to a lot of these sports figures i mean these guys come straight out of the ghetto and they uh you know they end up with a scholarship or something because of their athletic ability and yeah. then they end up uh, being in the in the pros, making millions of dollars, and next thing you know, they're being arrested for gun possession or drugs sure. or assault or, you know, hanging out with the wrong people, wh- whatever it is. Right. And you would think that, you know, of, of and we've talked about this a bunch of times, how if you're a multi-million dollar athlete under mm-hmm. contract, 
Right. I think you kind of watch yourself, but these guys don't. They're invincible. And what you know what stunned me was they they talked about how broke Elvis was at the end. I I remember that totally differently. And I'm not saying that they're right in this documentary necessarily, but I remember I sort of now I was like nine or something when he died. He died what seventy seven? Yeah, seventy so, yeah, seventy seven. Mm-hmm. So I was nine years old, so I don't remember it clearly, obviously, but I thought that there was like a big thing that it took him weeks to count his money or something. Mm, I you know, again, I don't know enough about it to comment. But man, they were talking about that guy didn't even have a million dollars to his name mm. at, at the end and, and they talked about what a fucking impulsive piece of shit he was. They said there was one day that um, he he had uh, Lisa Marie. Is that the daughter? Yeah, Lisa Marie is the daughter, yes. They had Lisa Marie at the house, and she was like two or something. And she fell and was crying because she skinned her knee. So he went out and bought her a horse. (laughs) (laughs) That'll make the pain go away. But like on the spot, he like picked up the phone and said, bring her a horse now. Yeah. And an hour later, they brought her a horse to make her stop crying. Sure. I was like, God damn. Yeah. That's fucking something. Well, you know, we've we've talked about this guy, another guy that, you know, that that was a hero of mine, Evil Knievel. Right. I mean, in the 70s, he, you know, basically his career, if you want to mm-hmm. talk about his, the height of his career from the beginning of his notoriety to the end of his career, sure. it, it basically was nine years. Yeah. And the guy grossed $62 million. And years. had nothing left at the end. I mean, had nothing left at the beginning of the eighties. Holy smokes! Sixty-two million. Yeah, that's that's a lot. That dude, it it is quite amazing. And what's amazing is that you have these stories from the sixties, seventies, whatever, when money really changed. Because I, I don't think even before that. I mean, you had wealthy, you had wealthy celebrities in the earlier 60s and the 50s or whatever but i i think the 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 amount of money that entertainment made really changed in the mid 70s don't you think yeah That's you, you would think so i i think that uh i think because of technology mostly sure uh but, you know distribution of movies distribution of music uh the big concerts i mean they didn't have big arena style concerts until the no. late 60s or early 70s with the mega groups be it pink floyd or led zeppelin right. or, or Beatles. You know. i mean the beatles did like shea stadium or something but they just put a stage in the middle of the because they were so big they had to but they they did like horrible sh- did you ever watch any but, of that but shit? they didn't like, do they didn't do like massive tours though they did no. they did appearances yeah like one or like 20 minutes or something did you ever watch the Shea Stadium show? I did. I have. That's just a shitty show. I would be pissed. Yeah, it was I kind would... of a shithole there. Yeah, it is a shithole there. <laughs> but I, I would have been pissed if I paid my, you know, 75 cents and I only got 20 minutes of the Beatles. And I was sitting in section 538, row double Z. That would have sucked ass. Can you imagine having to pay an extra quarter to park your horse? Holy shit. I mean, that would have been terrible. Yeah, absolutely. But no, what I'm saying is it's amazing that the money changed in the 70s. So that's what, 40 years ago? Yeah. And I would say, I would say still more than half of the people that make significant money in entertainment blow it all. Yeah, absolutely. If not two-thirds. It is astounding that there's not 
some mechanism that helps these guys. I mean, literally, we know how many bands that we know had millions of dollars at one point that don't have it now. That's right. That are still fighting over their name to tour because they can't fucking make enough money to live. You know, that that's astounding to me. You know, that that I, I don't want to say that Bobby Blaster doesn't have any money because I don't know. But I assume that he does not have $10 million in the bank. No, absolutely not. And I also assume at one time he should have had $10 million in the bank. Possibly could have been, but even at the height of the rat success, yeah, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to get into real detail here, okay. but, uh, he was, uh, renting a house yeah, because he, he could not afford to own one anymore. <sighs> wow. That's amazing. That's that's I I did an interview once a long time ago now with um Burton Bell from Fear Factory. Right. Obviously Fear Factory did not make they were not yeah, huge. Yeah, they they but, were not the flavor of the day or a household name. No, but in the, you know in the, in that little 2 3 4 year window, they were a pretty big band and that song Cars was a pretty good hit for them and whatnot. The Manufacturer was huge for them. Yeah, yeah, it was a great album. But I remember I talked to them, I interviewed them on their Digimortal album, which was their fourth album. And I and I asked Bert if he, you know, now that he had been around for like 10 years or whatever it was at that point, what the biggest thing he'd ever purchased was. And I think he said the biggest thing he'd ever purchased at that point was a microwave because he he didn't make the money that that everybody thought he had. He, he was still living in an apartment and, you know, he would give up the apartment to go on tour and then he would get a new apartment you know, when he was done touring. And I was like, Jesus. Yeah. How much does that fucking suck that that's your life? Yeah. Well, since you're speaking of music people, yesterday yeah. or last night, rather, I was watching music documentaries. Okay. And uh, two of them that I watched uh, was The Monkees. Okay. And I watched Hall & Oates. Now, Hall & Oates did well with their money. Well, they did. Well, yes and no. No? Yes and no, because uh, basically... Um, you know, they, they started reaching the pinnacle of their popularity in the very early eighties. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they started, you know, they started getting their popularity in the mid to late seventies with like Sarah smile. Sure. You know, that kind of stuff. I think that was she's like, gone, stuff yeah, like she's that. gone. Like that's like 77 or something. Kisses on my list. Well, that was about 80. Was it 80? Yeah, that was about 80. And they, I know 83 was the big album was H2O and I hated that record. Yeah. Well, they they did really well and they were the MTV darlings at that time. And yeah. they, and they were really racking up the hits. They had a sh bunch of hits like within a 5-year span. They had a bunch of hits like they In had the like 80s, yeah, they had what Maneater. Well, they had they like they had like 10 uh number ones and like 15 or 18 top 10s and Right. You know, between like 80 and 85. Right. And it just got to the point to where they were just, you know, burned out. Sure. To, to uh, instead of just, you know, taking a break, they just decided, let's just stop. Yeah, that was not smart. Yeah. Because it was just <laughs> like, what else do we have to say? I mean, we're at the top of our game. If If this is all we got to say, let's go out on top. Let's just quit. You know, let's just stop doing stuff. Right. And uh during that time uh uh John or, or uh, yeah, John Oates 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, he had houses and cars and planes and all that, and he had to sell all that shit. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, because he's and he's not the guy that could go out and do it without the other guy. No, Daryl Hall. You know, obviously he's the he's the singer. Yeah, and he could do solo stuff and go out there and you know perform and whatnot, which which he yeah. did a little bit. Sure, but uh, but yeah, John Oates had to you know divest himself of all of his assets. Oh yeah, I guess so. How bad must that suck to be part of a duo? But you're like the wrong part. You're like the other guy in Wham. <laughs> More or less, yeah. Andrew Ridgely. Yeah, how'd you like to be that guy? You're like, you well, I would like to be that guy today because at least he's still standing. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he's still standing, taking your order at fucking Burger King. You know, he's not making. What, what has he done? He went back to working a job. Yeah, well, he was he was like into race cars or something. Was he? Yeah, how he, bad must that be to be that big and then all of a sudden have to go back to a job? Yeah, really. That has to suck, well, but. To to your point with John Oates, that guy can't do anything without Daryl Hall. That's true. I mean nothing. I mean I I know when I interviewed him the one time when greatest one of the greatest concert moments of my life where he let me sit on stage and hand the hand the percussionist instruments all night. That was such a fun night. But I interviewed John Oates and we were talking about his big album Feng Shui. Remember that? Yes, one? I do. <laughs> then you're the one. Well, I mean, it's not that I bought it. It's just that was part of the documentary. Okay, Feng Shui. Yeah, it was such a not not a well received record, and not you know it didn't sell ten copies. But it just has to suck to be that guy and just be like, all right, I wonder if Daryl wants to do a show, you know, or a gig or a, an album or something. Or man, I'm running out of money. Let me call him up, and he's like, nah, I think I need another year. <laughs> Well, well, lucky, lucky for them, they they did regroup, yeah, and and they they have been successfully touring for the last you know fifteen or so years, yeah, and, and so on a killer, show. yeah, and and they're you know financially stable again, yeah, but but it got to the point there that uh, he had to get rid of all his shit. Yeah. I'm looking at their list of hits. This is like like thirty six hits or something. And I know like 30 of them. I mean, that, that's a lot of hits. Yeah, you're right. They did. I didn't realize they had so many hits in the 80s. They did. They were they were I, probably one of the biggest selling, you know, yeah. pop duo artists in the 80s. Between yeah. like 80 and 85, they, they really just racked up the hits. Yeah. But boy, I don't like a lot of the songs from the 80s either. Now I'm looking at it. I hated Maneater. Did you like that song? No. That song was terrible. One on one from the same album was terrible. Um, what was that song? Um, adult education. Yeah, adult education. <laughs> that was shit too. They had to, they had some really shitty songs too. All and all, it's weird that that was their biggest period. That's probably my least favorite period. Well, from but the, the thing is, is is you you and I for the most part we we are not fans of the most mainstream, most popular of stuff. Yeah. But, but for the minivan moms and the, you know, the soccer moms and the, the casual listeners, right. it's, it's just something they listen to on the radio. Oh, yeah. Hall and Oates. Yeah. Cool. Maneater. Cool. Yeah. Family man. That's my favorite. Yeah. Right. Because I said, leave me alone. I'm a family man. Ugh, that is so bad. Yeah. And meanwhile, he's singing about being a family man while he's banging groupies two at a time. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, getting back to your original point though about about money and success and you know all that kind of stuff, it's just uh, yeah, a lot of these guys uh, who who were very successful and had millions of dollars just don't have those millions of dollars anymore. Yeah, dude, guy we talk about all the time on the show, G. Lynch. He had to have had money at some point, didn't he? Well, he, he, was, he was still getting money, and I, I'm not going to comment because I do know a few things. But, uh, but yeah, the money the money should have never been an issue. Should have yeah. never been an issue. I'm going to assume it is now by the fact that every two weeks there's another album announced from another band. Right. Yeah. Speaking of that, I saw Oni left. Yeah. I see Oni has uh, parted ways once again with George, says I'm no longer part of the lynch mob. So do they just change super stroke to to fucking lynch, lynch mob? mob? I mean it might as well be. I mean it's it's uh it's three three quarters of the second version of Lynch Mob. Yeah. Just bring Sean over and you got it. Yeah. Let Jeff play every once in a while, but have Sean just be the guy. Or bring back Anthony Esposito. Yeah. Well I, don't I know think there's a lot it. of bad blood there, but still. Yeah. I mean but Sean is still in Lynch Mob. So you could just bring him over. Certainly, certainly what will happen? And if you've, if you've had a conversation about this, then don't bring it up on the, then just tell me, shut up. But what is going to happen when there are gigs with Dokken and super stroke or lynch mob or whatever it's going to end up being called? Well, is let, that going to be a hassle or well, a problem? Let, let me just, let me just put it this way. All right. Given the track record. Mm-hmm. of George Lynch and the stability of these quote unquote these special lineups. Right. Remember remember they did the tooth and nail. They did TNN. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? We got a second record. We're gonna go tour this thing. Blah 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 blah. Did they play one show? I don't think so. I don't think so. We yeah. got Super Stroke coming up. It's George and Jeff and Mick, and we're bringing back Robert Basin, and we're going to do some stuff in 2018, and blah, blah, blah. You think that's going to come to fruition, maybe a recording? I think the recording will Yeah, happen. the recording, but then what? Yeah. I don't see that as even being a touring thing. Yeah, probably not. Because, because Jeff is so locked into Foreigner. Sure. That he's never going to compromise that gig. Well, what is Jeff? Here, here's my question. George has to tour with something, doesn't he? Hmm. Not necessarily. I mean, you know, I, I know the, I know, I don't even know what the lynch mob gigs paid. You know, I'm sure that didn't pay a lot of money. I'm sure it was probably anywhere between six and 10 grand. Wow, that would be more than I would expect, but okay. All right, well, I'm just guessing. I don't know okay. that as fact. I'm just guessing. Okay. Six grand. Let's say six six to ten, somewhere in there. Six, eight grand. Okay. Right? You know, so so you take all your travel expense out of there and everybody gets their piece of the pie. That doesn't leave a lot of money. No, but it's got to be, and that, that number has to go down now without Oni, doesn't it? You would Even think. Even if it is Robert Mason, it's still not. I mean, is is it is it a higher number because Roberts had some de- had a decent run with Warrant? Mm, I don't think so. I I think that. Uh, I mean, listen. I mean, it, unless you're a huge Lynch Mob fan, yeah, and are aware of their most recent recordings with Oni Logan, 
anywhere. When when did they get back together? Like 2010? Yeah, something like that, uh, yeah. All right, so for the last seven years, they put out, what, three, four releases? Three, yeah, three? something like that. Uh, all right. It, it, of course, that's not burning up the charts. So what do they really live? What does their legacy live on? The first record, right? Yeah, it's sensation. Yeah. Right. So... How do you how do you have a career on one record that that the the casual fans are aware of, or the second Lynch Mob record, which Oni and Robert Mason are very similar in their vocal style? I guess you have to ask Meatloaf for that answer. So that's about the only other guy I know that's only had one album that people still come out right see all the time exactly. That's pretty amazing. I was listening to Meatloaf this week, and it's like every song on that record, that that Bad Out of Hell, that's really all he ever had. Yeah, it was almost a greatest hits record. It, well, I mean, you you have those seven songs, and you know every one of those seven songs, and then you have what that objects in the rearview mirror, and I think that's it for him. Well, but but he also had a little bit of success with Back Into Hell. What song? That I would never do anything. Oh, I, but I won't do that. Yeah, yeah. Song about eating pussy. Well, well which was a, <laughs> which was kind of a revisiting the bat out of hell. Right. You know, it was sort of like part two. Yeah. Did you know he put out a part three, too? I was not aware. <laughs> you know, there's a part three. Yeah. I'm looking at the hits. I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. That's not on there. Paradise by Dashboard Light. Yeah, that's of course, like, that's the most recognizable tune. Sure. Two out of three ain't bad. Okay. Took the words right out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. Bad out of hell. Uh, Dead Ringer for Love. Don't know that one. Don't know that one either. It's from the 1981 album Dead Ringer. Um, It's all coming back to something from Bad Out of Hell 3, The Monster is Loose. I have no idea what that is. I'd lie for you from Welcome to the Neighborhood. Anything? Nope. Rock and Roll Dreams Come True from Bad Out of Hell 2. No? No. <laughs> Not a Dry Eye in the House from Welcome to the Neighborhood. Nope. <laughs> Objects in the Rearview Mirror, we said we know. Um, It's Gonna Love Her. I'm Gonna Love Her. I'm sorry. I'm Gonna Love Her. From Dead Ringer, you know that one? I do not know that one. Oh, here's one you know. Life's a Lemon and I Want My Money Back. Remember that one? No. You really don't? I, I, I really don't. That's a, it's, it's a crummy song. It's, it's a really... Pull that one off. All that's, right. That's a really bad song. It's on Bad Out of Hell, too. All right. But he, he not only is it a crummy song, but he sounds bad on it, too. Okay. And then, let's see, For Crying Out Loud, that's on Bad Out of Hell. So everybody knows that one. Heaven Can Wait, Bad Out of Hell. Everybody knows that one. All Revved Up and No Place to Go, Bad Out of Hell. Everybody knows that one. It's like that's all that guy had. <laughs> so you said life's a lemon, huh? Life's, life is a lemon and I want my money back. And what, what, the, and, and what album was that again? Bad out of hell too. Oh, okay. Back into hell. All right. Pull this one out. Bad out of hell three. Had no idea. Didn't know. Got it. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see here. What is it? 
Um, Give me some life's a lemon and I want my money back. What a bag of shit. So is it bat out of hell too? back into hell? Yes. All right. Life's a lemon. Here it is. Jewel, huh? Don't know it. Doesn't he sound bad? Yeah. Like he's reading. He, he's like doing the lyrics like he's reading them. <laughs> like they just handed them to him like 10 minutes earlier. So not good. That what that is? It could be the same song. <laughs> yeah, Meatloaf had one record. Alan Kill Caller, you're on the air. Meatloaf has got way more than one record. What the hell are they talking about? Well, shut up. We Tim. we all know that he's got more than one record. He only has one good one. Rubbish. No, you're right. Rubbish. He is rubbish. You're absolutely right, Tim. That out of hell too is awesome. Oh my god, Tim! And, and so come for on. that matter, and so for that matter, is the album that he had from 1984 called Bad Attitude. Tim, Tim, is there anything you don't record. like? Tim, name that? a band from the 80s that you don't like. Um, I don't know. Are you in a bathroom again, X, Tim? Of course. X, X, XYZ or Tora Tora or I don't know, any, any of that crap. Tim, were you a fan uh, of Faster Pussycat? No, not at all. Because you sure do like that. the bathroom wall that. a lot. <laughs> Are you in the bathroom again, Tim? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was, the, it was the place where I could find silence to call you. I hear other people in the background. Do they have a problem with you in there taking a shit and talking to us? I'm in a shopping mall. 
<laughs> so so you can't even go out of the house and go to the mall and enjoy an afternoon on a Sunday without listening to us. No, I love you guys. You know that. <laughs> That's what Tim. Don't let Neely fucking fool you. That's the way all our fans should be. I'm with you, Tim. Everybody should listen to us only every time they leave the ho- the house. Man, I I tell you what though, I, yeah. I, and I'm I'm over. The, I don't listen to the rock and roll geek show anymore. He's he's gone. He's gone to shit. Um, but um. That rock and rock, rock and metal combat podcast is pretty good. Oh, with um, Ian and um, Doctor Fuck. Yeah, that's 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 pretty awesome. Yeah, those guys are fun. So, happy New Year, fellas! All right, oh, well, thanks, Tim. Direct from a bathroom in Australia. <laughs> so, I suppose you guys, I suppose you guys have already talked about it. Or are you going to talk about it? Why did what has George Lynch done now? What has he done now? What do you mean? Well, why did only Logan leave? Well, we'll talk about that, Tim. I'm not going to get into a whole thing here. All right, I did. I did All wanna, right, Tim. Did why, don't you, why, why don't you get back down to that hole on the side of the wall there and go back to work? <laughs> well, I wasn't going to actually talk to you guys about a couple of albums, but oh well. All right, go ahead. What would you like to know, Tim? All right. So, the new Judas Priest, you were talking about the single last week. Have you heard the rest of the record yet? No. Because that single sounds like crap. What? Sounds like Judas Priest to me. So, the, so wait a minute. The Judas Priest single, bad. Meatloaf, every other album, good. Okay, Tim. Thanks no, so much. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't say that, Chris. You you were saying that Meatloaf has only got one good record, and I'm saying that's not true. I'm saying there's a there's a couple of other ones that are really good in there too. I mean, I've, I've got Meatloaf's whole catalog. I hear you. I believe you. What other albums would you like to know about Tim? Because we have no knowledge on the priest. Okay, so I'm very very excited. I nearly had a wet dream. <sighs> Over this, uh, over this John Karabi live record that's coming out, but I, I thought it was being filmed as well. So it's the DVD not coming out. Then. I don't know about that. I will find out soon enough. I'm supposed to talk to Mr. Karabi in about two weeks. Oh, I wish. All right. <laughs> it's a dream right. come true, Tim. It's a good thing you're in the bathroom so Mate. you can dispose of all that uh, that man goo. There are no, there are no holes in the bathroom wall. <laughs> um, <laughs> Any other well, albums you need to discuss, uh, Tim? I, I thought you guys would have some insight. On what? On, 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 on these records. On, these on the Motley record, we we don't have it yet. I are, we, I don't have it. I'll have it probably next week. Yeah. Well. I'll, I'll I'll be I'll be there first day, first day fire. Anyway, <laughs> hailing kill. Happy New Year. Fuck you, pal. Hand job. Not in a bathroom. <laughs> you can't even go out and enjoy a Sunday afternoon at the mall. Well, you know, I'm gonna miss something. God damn it. Maybe he doesn't want to be seen with his wife. I don't know what that's what's going on there. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's an interesting thing that he would duck into the bathroom just to talk to us, though. Yeah, I know. That's kind of strange. But anyway, it's what you call loyalty. Yeah, I guess. Good for him. I'm with Tim. I'm pro Tim. <laughs> Anybody that wants to, wants to call us from the bathroom is okay with me. Right, exactly. It's fine with me. So I'm so caught up with what you guys say. That's right. I can't even stand hanging with my wife while she looks at fucking skirts at Sears. I got to go <laughs> in the bathroom and talk to you guys. You guys are a better hang. Yeah. Honey, I would like to look at this fucking pot and pan set, but I got to go call the guys. Right. To talk about meatloaf. Exactly. Yeah. I got you it in my ear. Oh, hang on, honey. I can't. Wait a minute. Yeah, that that's re- that's really nice. I gotta I gotta duck out a minute. They're, these guys are talking about something that's near and dear to my heart. I gotta go. I know you could cook a meatloaf on that pan, honey, but I gotta go and talk about the real meatloaf. <laughs> right. This is important. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta get these guys straightened up. They are so off base with their comments. Yeah, they're 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 fucking up big time. You just keep trying on shoes, honey. I'll be back in a few minutes. Right. His life is a lemon, and obviously he wants his money back, apparently. Exactly. Jeez, oh, man. Wow. All right. (laughs) Too funny. I'm in the bathroom. I'm talking about meatloaf in the bathroom. Yeah. What do you think the the fucking person that comes in behind him and hears him talking about, hears him in a stall, fucking pants around, because you know he takes his pants down, too. (laughs) You know he does. Let's, Let's paint the picture the way the picture is. You got this fucking handicapped guys you know struggling to get into the bathroom he gets in that bathroom you know damn well he drops his pants to the to the ground because tim is the kind that probably doesn't have the self-confidence to just stand there in the in the bathroom and talk he goes into a stall and he tries to paint the picture like he's in there taking a shit right so he drops his pants and that way maybe if we hit on a topic he really likes he can give it a little tug or two while he's talking to us you know That's that's my assumption, right? But I, I, you know, that's what's going on. And then somebody comes in and hears this guy talking about fucking meatloaf with his pants around his ankles. Sure, think that guy's like trying to look through the cracks to see what this guy's doing in there. Probably. You never know with Tim. Tim, yeah. <laughs> what a character. But uh, anyway, getting back to your. Getting back to your point about, uh, you know, Oni Logan leaving Lynch Mob and, mm-hmm. you know, as far as the uh, as far as the Lynch Mob casual fan is concerned. Yeah. You know, they, they want to hear, you know, the, the handful of hits that they had back in the early 90s, which I hate to say it, but that's sure. that's already, you know, 20 some <laughs> years ago. Yeah. nathan's so quick with the memes that's funny that is funny (laughs) oh man but i hate to say it but those hits were popular 28 years ago i know we're old dude we are like fucking ancient at this point i know i I keep thinking you know the 90s to me Mm -hmm. it seems like you know just a few years ago Right. It's over 20 years ago. I know. Dude, uh, we are, co- even me, who's like more more music f- 
friendly, I guess, than most people who's, who tries to listen to stuff, you know, new stuff, old stuff, different genres, everything. I'm even getting to the point now that I don't know what's going on. I, I was, um, I, what was I watching? I was watching some news thing or something. They were announcing the musical guests for the Super Bowl. And it's some guy that sings for the play Hamilton. Okay. Is, is doing the Star Spangled Banner. And then Pink is doing the national anthem. And then Justin Timberlake is doing the halftime show. All right. And I thought to myself, between the three of these queers, <laughs> I can't fucking name five songs. Right. Between the three of them, I can't name five. What has happened? Have I officially turned into the old man? I, I, I must have. Well, I, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, obviously the way that we listen to music today. Yeah. Because when when we used to, when our main outlet for music was mm-hmm. commercial radio. Right. There was a high potential that you may have stumbled across a popular tune at that time. Right. But since you and I and people of our genre or, or age group mm-hmm. probably have turned off the radio years ago and we selectively listen via our music services, be it Google or Apple or iTunes or Spotify, Spotify or, whatever, or whatever it is that you listen to, you're mm-hmm. not out there seeking out the Justin Timberlakes or the, you know, the latest pop person. Yeah, that is true. Because, I mean, there's there's popular artists that have literally been around 10 years or so that I couldn't even tell you one song that they sing. Yeah, I probably just named two of them. Pink and Justin Timberlake have at least 10. Well, Justin Timberlake. Here's where I lose my fucking credibility of any kind. I've seen Justin Timberlake perform when he was in NSYNC. Okay. I, t- I took my kids to go see NSYNC at, at fucking Brown Stadium. You know, so I've seen Yeah, but, but but you took your kids. You, you didn't yeah. go there because that was something you wanted to go to. No, but what I'm saying is that guy's like a legitimate, like, star. Yeah. And he's been for 20 years, and I can't name two songs. I can name maybe two in sync songs if I think about it. One was that my 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 song, but um, you know, I, I it's just astounding to me that that like twenty years of music has gone by, and there's not there's only a handful that I could actually name songs from. Mm-hmm. You know, that's astounding to me. I never thought that would happen. Well, you know, the thing is, is you know, some of the more pop oriented artists. That, you know, I couldn't name their tunes, whether it's a Shakira or a Beyonce or even somebody who's been around longer than that, a Britney Spears. Yeah, but I don't think you have anything in your catalog past 1993. <laughs> <did> you? <laughs> well, regardless of that, it's it's just it's just the fact that that I don't pay attention to any of that stuff anymore. Yeah. I mean, yeah. back, you know, back in the 80s, I, I knew a lot of the pop stuff only because I worked in the club. Sure. But, you know, in the 90s and into the 2000s, I never paid any attention to that because it's, number one, it's not my cup of tea. Right. Sure. And number two, I don't uh, really listen to commercial outlets for, for music. Yeah, that's probably a big, you know, probably the biggest change, because I was, I was keeping up with that kind of music, with all kinds of music, when I had XM. 
When I had XM, I used to, part of my drive home every single day, you know, my, my drive-in was always O&A, and then my drive home was always, I would put it on a different, like, station, like like the the top 10 at 10 or whatever that station was called, or, and, uh, or the pop station, or the country station, or... What was that trucking station they used to have? Open road. Yeah, open road truck trucking. Yeah, I used to listen to that a lot because I I, I kind of like some of that Hilljack music. Okay, you know, but I used to listen to that stuff every day. But now that I'm thinking about it, you know, that was 12 years ago. You know, now I now I don't leave the house, so I just listen to my own shit now, and I've lost complete contact with any any music, and uh, and it. it but what does what is astounding with that too is it seems like everybody else has too because there is no push to on the commercial level to have anything that even remotely sounds like rock anymore. Mm-mm. You know, every every rejoin and everything in in a baseball game or a football game or whatever is some fucking rap tune or you know some some rap beats or ditty or whatever. You know, and that's in everything in TV shows and baseball games with everything it's just gone to shit total shit anyway homogenized bullshit man yeah man (laughs) i wonder i really wonder not that i'm going to be here to see it but i wonder if the kids that are like 20 today will have a allegiance like we do to our old bands do you i mean I, I have to guess no, because even even the ones that had success from the 90s, you see that 90s tour, you know, they have to put eight of them on a tour playing like three songs each to, to tour. Right. Like that Vanilla Ice and Salt and Pepper and all that kind of stuff. And I, I mean, do you think that whatever is hot today, you think Eminem will be able to go out in 20 years and and still do, you know, nautica size places? It's or? hard to say. You know, I I just can't fathom it, man. I don't see I don't see the allegiance to music. I guess, and maybe no. again, it might be because I don't pay attention to it anymore. Well, I I, the the allegiance isn't there because once again, during the time that we were brought up, our allegiance was formulated by the commercial outlets that made those particular bands the staple, right? And with 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 the internet coming on in the, you know, in, in the uh, late nineties as it did and mostly in the two thousands, right? The, the field was wide open. So, so you did not, you could not narrow it down to just, you know, a handful of artists, right? There was a lot of them out there. Yeah. So, so it's, it's not the same. And, and on the, on top of that, the, the artists that we enjoyed the most were big arena acts well, sure. even even in the pop scene, you know there there are arena acts out there, but they they don't they haven't made that big of an impact. Yeah, yeah. I mean the the biggest ones are what like Beyonce or Katy Perry or whatever. And you're right. I don't, I I don't think that that stuff has made a huge you know legacy like musical legacy. No, it's not a legacy. Of course not. Because it's all throwaway music. It's just, you know, I was listening to some of the stats the other day about this, this Guns N' Roses tour since this, you know, the three, three fifths of the original Guns N' Roses touring the Not In This Lifetime tour. 
Mm-hmm. And they were, you know, throwing out the the numbers since since the beginning of the tour to where they left off just in the last month before they start picking it back up in the spring again. Right. How how much do you think that tour grossed worldwide? Oh wow, they did what a hundred shows? Well, I don't know the number of shows that they did, but I know the number of mon- the the amount of money that it's grossed. I'm gonna say. 200 million you're only 50 percent really 400 million dollars 400 million it grossed holy smokes yeah so we were wrong on that tour well for for a band that essentially is living off of three records or two records if you want to consider use your illusion as one big record sure 400 million dollars yeah i mean appetite obviously is a landmark record Sure. Which which I would say that a majority of the casual Guns N' Roses fans probably know most of the hits off of that. Mm-hmm. But then you got the Use Your Illusion, and then, of course, you know, GNR Lies. Does that even count? Just yeah, because it really, had Patience on it? It's like an EP. I know, but that doesn't really count as a record, no, does really. it? So you're, no. you're basically talking three records, and this, this band... That's uh, what they came out in, what, 86, 87, somewhere around there? 87. 87. So we're talking 30 years old, basically mm-hmm. having three records, getting back to our point about, you know, Lynch Mob. Yeah. Touring on one, basically one record, maybe two if you want to consider the second one. Right. And grossing $400 million 30 years later. It's amazing. It is amazing. And meanwhile, meanwhile, guys, bands that have come after it have had similar sales success. Can't do the same. Kid Rock. I would think Kid Rock is a, you know, just for just for sales purposes, not not judging the music at all. But Kid Rock has an album that's, what, 15 times platinum, you know, and, and the album after that was six or seven times platinum. So he's had you know significant success either too and and he's not he's not doing near that kind of money i mean i know he he does he sells out shows but he's not doing that kind of cash Mm-mm. it's amazing you would think that the you would think that the younger guy would do more because the, the fans wouldn't be you know burned out on it i guess but yeah but the thing is is that kid rock came along after the heyday of mtv true so you know the 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 bands that uh, really capitalized on the MTV uh, popularity, and right. Guns N' Roses was a huge MTV favorite. Right, right, sure. And obviously, you know, GNR Lies was a was a huge record, mm-hmm. but still, that's amazing that amount of money that they grossed. Oh, I know it's crazy. You know, so hey, good on them. Yeah, dude, I'll be the first one to admit I was dead wrong on it. Remember, I think I said that tour was not I said it wasn't even going to finish. I I didn't think that they would finish the tour. Mm-hmm. They announced it, and boy, I was dead wrong on that. I'll admit my wrongness when I, when I am clearly wrong. And so I, was I, I, was, I was trying to do a little bit of figures in my head. I, I don't know these answers at all because this was gross now. That was $400 million gross. Sure. So obviously the promoter is going to get a big chunk of that. Sure. Whoever bought the show mm-hmm. in the various countries and venues and whatever. Then right. then you got the management 
and then you got the uh the travel and the accommodations right and then you got you know uh the taxes and all the other things and then mm-hmm. you got basically the three principal uh guys obviously axel slash and duff right and then you got their entourage and you know their the musicians and stuff so i was trying to figure out what axel duff and uh slash took home yeah uh each you know after after everything was said and done it's got to be at least like 1500 a night 1500 <laughs> <laughs> now they you know they made some serious bank I, so i was trying to figure it and i was thinking maybe maybe after all expenses and promoters and everything that yeah. that there was probably 20 to 25 percent net to split up between the three of them after everybody else was paid so a million a night so 420 20 let's let's put it at 25 percent of the 400 million yeah wow 100 million yeah those 100 million then you split and i don't know if axel gets a bigger chunk or if they had an agreement that it was split sure axel i'm sure axel gets a bigger chunk well he owns the gnr name outright all you need to know to know that is that they're playing Chinese democracy songs. Mm-hmm. He's getting a bigger chunk. Yeah, and plus he owns the trademark. I'm thinking 50, 25, 25. You think so? Yeah. That that would be my guess. Okay. So Jesus fucking Christ, he's making a half million a night. Good on him. It's a nice payday. Yeah, it is. But hey, those good. other guys ain't hurting either at you know, $250,000 a night either. Yeah, $25 million a piece. That doesn't suck. Mm-mm. You know, to play a bunch of songs, that, especially in Slash's case, to play a bunch of songs he's been singing with for other people for like thirty grand a night. Right. Yeah, that's not a bad, that's not a bad pay raise. <laughs> not at all. No wonder he's not rushing back to Miles Kennedy to do another record. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll stay right here. Right. And plus, they got you know dates booked into you know the in 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 the spring. They've got yeah. books date from the spring into the summer next year already. You know, it's strange. You really haven't heard one word, good or bad, about the touring. That they're not getting along. That they are getting along. None of that. Maybe maybe they've got uh, you know maybe they've got you know a gag order. Or yeah, well, we know for a fact that that's true. At least on some members of the band. So, yeah, you're probably right about that. You're probably 100% right about that. That's probably part of the thing is that no matter no matter what happens, it stays there. Yeah, it's a non-disclosure. Yeah, I'm sure she, that's a very good point. Because mm-hmm. you really haven't heard anything. Not a word. Nothing good, nothing bad, nothing at all. And they don't do interviews. Have you seen or read any interviews? Not to my knowledge, no. I don't think they've done a single one. I know that's why we didn't have um, Frank on the show. Yeah. I mean, Frank was was down to do it. His publicist guy several times was trying to do it, and each time we got stood up by the, oh, no, can't do it. Yeah. Well, he probably, yeah. probably had to, he had to probably out of nondisclosure. He couldn't. Well, he did have an NDA. I yeah. know for a fact he did. Of course. You know, but I just assumed, well, that's that guy. You know, he's a, he's a support player. He's not a player player. 
you would have thought that the big three would talk, but they really didn't. Mm-mm. Huh? All right. Well, I think uh, it's time to take a short break. Yep, I think so. Uh, since uh, GNR is out there tearing it up, and we can't really play any GNR. Yeah, I'll play something in in place of it in in uh you know in in tribute to GNR. Okay. For their success in their not in this lifetime tour. Okay. So they're out there making four hundred million dollars, and I'm gonna play some Attic Demons. All right. This is uh, Let's Raise Hell. Sounds good to me. Here it is. It's Attic Demons exclusively here on your classic metal show. Hey everybody, it's Chris Aiken from all the shows and wanted to share with you one of my other passions other than music. That, of course, being coffee. Anybody that's listened to me knows that I love coffee. And I have found another great brand, ladies and gentlemen, that you guys need to check out. Simply named, no gimmicks to it at all. It's just coffee brand coffee. It's fantastic coffee and I am not kidding you. They have everything that you would possibly want. Their coffee is excellent. I like the roaster's choice, but they have the pumpkin spice and all that other stuff, all the flavored stuff that you might like. Uh, they've got K-Cups for you. They've got cold brews. They offer tea. They've got cocoa. They literally have everything that you would want. So if you're looking for a great coffee, if you don't want to just settle for the crap that they sell you at the grocery store, this is another fine alternative coffee brand coffee just go to www.bit.ly slash cms coffee one more time bit.ly slash cms coffee and use the coupon code cmspn to save a little bit of money and you can get some of the best coffee that is available today so one more time it is coffee brand coffee we love it here at the classic metal show and you will too so get some today folks coffee brand coffee 